Hello and welcome to the Midweek Podcast. This is Pastor Cooper and glad you're joining us. Um, the heart behind this podcast is to have another episode styling um, that's a little bit more directed towards expanding on our Sunday messages because we might not have enough time to maybe speak on every part we wanted to. So either myself or Pastor Mark or whoever's maybe speaking that Sunday might have an opportunity to speak a little bit more, but also I think it's a good space to also um, just to comment on our cultural moments and to submit those things under the authority of God's scripture and to just dialogue um, on what's happening and to just have that frame of reference within God's word um, because God's word is king. And so it's happening in the midweek and it's another tool just to encourage um, the church body um, in our discipleship as we know Jesus and live for him daily. And so hopefully you are encouraged by listening to this, maybe challenged or maybe uh, encourages you to ask more questions. We are always up for that as well. So um, here is what is coming up this week for the midweek episode. All right. Well, welcome again to the midweek podcast, uh, one of our episode stylings for our Chini Faith Center podcast uh, channel. And Mark and I are going to continue our conversation that we started last week, just kind of processing our current political landscape and just all of the intricacies that are happening, how to process that through um, just a biblical lens. And um, it's tough and it's hard. And Mark and I, like like we were saying last week, we're still processing. We're still praying through things. And yeah. if, you didn't have a, if you didn't have a chance to hear that episode, I would say push stop right now. <laughs> Go back to the episode, listen through it, and then start this one just so you kind of have some context a little bit and just kind of a frame of reference for what's happening. Um, but today we're recording via Zoom. Um, Pastor Mark is doing a three-day study retreat um, at, a, at a Bible camp just to get away and do some prayer time. So do you want to just maybe even speak a little bit on what you're doing, Mark, and just kind of what that looks like as a pastor to just take some time to, to unplug. Yeah. So welcome everybody. Thanks for being part of the midweek. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm at a camp I'm at a Christian camp and I try to do this a couple times a year if possible, where I just get away for two to three days and literally unplug, um, just gives me time to not have the normal responsibilities of the week and get, you know, you can just get pulled, as you know, you can get pulled different ways and distracted doing this or that or the next thing and just get completely unplugged and um, spend time in prayer, reading the word and thinking about the future of our church, where we're heading, um, listen to the Holy Spirit, um, just do some things like that that really help us be a good church and operate in how God wants us to. And then sometimes I also am planning messages during that time, series that are coming up, just listening to the Lord about what he wants us to talk about and what he wants us to preach about and different series that we're going to preach throughout the year. So it serves a lot of different purposes, but I think the biggest is just as leaders, I think there needs to be times where we literally can um, really have creative thinking times. And I think that that is what this is for me, just a, a real creative thinking time and and being able to think about lots of different subjects and not have to say, oh, okay, our one hour session is done and we need to move on to something else. No, I can, I can keep thinking about that and I can keep processing it and 
mulling it over. So um, that's the purpose. And so I'm glad to be away and get a little time with the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Cause it really falls into those spiritual disciplines that we were even talking about a week or two ago during that round table about like solitude and rest and all, all those things are good. And to just be with the Lord and just be in his presence and just to, just to seek him. And like, like you said, being in ministry, it's really easy to get pulled by so many things. So you have to be intentional to do this. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think it's so such a wise thing that you model and that you do um, is you're being intentional to just get away and be with Jesus so that you're continually being transformed so that you have the capacity to help lead others to Jesus for them to be transformed and right things. So, yeah, so it's awesome. So, yeah, but Hey, you still got internet, so we're still kind of connected. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still partially connected to the world. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I do take breaks where I'm, I'm off and I'm off the grid completely. And I'm like, yeah, for sure. For sure. There's those things that they're called, I think they're called books. They're like, actual right. like paper and yeah I have, I have i have a kindle that i use all my book stuff in so i'm always like oh yeah books pages yeah yeah <laughs> just use of the whole digital stuff but yeah i like the i like the feel of paper and my highlighter in my hand yeah yeah for sure and the smell of the paper. The smell yes yeah yeah well, I think we're going to dive back into our conversation and uh, to kind of put it back into what we were talking about last week. Um, there was a line that you said, Mark, uh, in that closing prayer time that you said, maybe in our efforts to save America, we have lost Jesus. And yeah. it maybe comes on this thought that you've said in messages we've talked about and I've talked about with other people is this thought about, uh, am, am I an American who isn't a Christian? Or am I a Christian who happens to live in America? Um, and just trying to like, I guess, go through those thoughts and process that. But maybe just expand a little bit on what you're talking about in that line of in our efforts to save America, have we lost Jesus? Just give us a little bit more on kind of what that, um, just how that will kind of spark some conversation, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I wrote that line in my journal uh, last Thursday after the um the protest and the people breaking into the senate and all those things and and i think just there was a lot of a lot of talk even during the election and throughout the past couple months about you know just how the evangelical church had such a strong support for um donald trump and there were just a lot of things done and said, and maybe some of them appropriate, maybe some of them inappropriate, but um, on the fact that Donald Trump has got to be the president or else maybe the world is going to end. And it, it prompted me to write that phrase. Maybe in our efforts to save America, we lost Jesus. Because I saw so, here, here were some of the words I saw linked by and, and said by Christian leaders, by Christian prophets, by other individuals. And they were words like hope, hope to Donald Trump, uh, trust 
to Donald Trump, a future to Donald Trump, uh, and words like that, that I think as a follower of Jesus Christ, I try to link those words only to Christ. I try to link those words to him primarily, and then to other things secondarily. But they seemed like they were being linked to Donald Trump primarily, and maybe to trust to Jesus secondarily. And so there was there seemed to be a, a priority shift that I was concerned about, and I still am concerned about, that maybe some of us as followers of Jesus Christ in the effort to save America, maybe got our priorities switched and out of whack a little bit. Because I think we have to realize and understand that there's only one person that can save America, and that's Jesus. It doesn't matter who our sitting president is. We need Jesus. <laughs> we need him to restore, to save, to... Um, and to turn the, the course of our country from narcissism and pleasure and sin to righteousness and purity and all things that are godly. A president can't do that. A president doesn't do that. Uh, Jesus does that. And so I think that was my, my challenge, what was kind of rolling through my mind as I have watched the things unfold over the past couple months and um, just wanting to get my heart right because I do love our country. And I too want our country to be a country that moves forward in righteousness and truth and grace. And, um, and I know that only Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit imparts those to the people of a nation. Um, and as people in America and people that call ourselves Americans, we, every single one of us individually, have to make those choices to say, I want to follow Jesus. He's my Savior. He's my Lord. And I'm going to live in love, acceptance, and forgiveness, and truth, and grace, and those things that Jesus modeled for us. I'm, I'm going to live out those things, and I'm going to put Jesus first. And so I think that was my effort to, to just think about those things. And then the second part about is also a, kind of a continuation of that. Am I, am I an American who is a Christian or a Christian who lives in America? I think that's also a, a call to priority and to how I'm prioritizing my life. Because um, Jesus calls us to forsake all things, I believe. And that forsaking and that making Jesus Lord is what we are called to do as believers. And that means we prioritize. We put Jesus first and our nation somewhere else below him mm -hmm. times it depends on where, where we're going to put him is jesus number one and then america is number two it could look like that or it could look like jesus is number one 
And then number two is the mission of Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ being presented to the entire world. And then maybe number three is my role as uh, a husband or a wife or a parent or what it might be. And then my, you know, number four or five is where I'm at in my family. And then down the road is kind of like, oh, and I'm also, I also live in America. So it's, it's about priority and how I see God's word calling us to prioritize our lives as well. And we're called to, um, to salvation, especially, is to make Jesus Lord of my life. And that means no matter where I live, no matter what country I was born in, Jesus now is my Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. And my, my geographical place on the planet is less important than my spiritual identity as a follower of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. as a child, as a son or daughter of the Lord Most High, and as someone that is living in the Spirit. That begins to take over my life and my identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think what's good is like what you're saying is is applicable in all situations as well. Obviously, we're talking about a political context of, you know, there's a large movement of kind of putting America first and being a patriot first. Um, and I'll say it goes on all sides of the political sphere, right? If you're conservative, yeah. liberal, whatever. But also, yeah, but also what you're saying is like, hey, if you're not prioritizing your entire life, even if like being a mom or a dad, it's not a, it's, it's a good thing, but you put that above being a Christ follower, like you are not prioritizing things through a gospel centered theology. And mm-hmm. it's going to lead to frustration because all of a sudden your kids move out or something else happens. And then like, you're kind of like, wait, my hope was in being a parent or my hope was in being this. And now that's all yeah. away. And that, that conversation, like you said, it's, it's global. It's not just specific to just politics. It's a Jesus first language in every aspect of your life. And that's, what's so beautiful and so perfect about the gospel and about who Jesus is, is he is everything, you know, <laughs> like we have life and abundant life in him. We don't have like a partial life in him. And then we have to fill it up with X, Y, Z. It's, it's all, it's all through him. It all flows out of him. Everything is through him and from him. And, and yeah. that's what's, that's, what's beautiful about the gospel and beautiful about um, who Jesus is and the faith in Jesus is it's, it's for everything and all things. And it's constant. He doesn't, doesn't end, <laughs> you know, it's, he's, it's always there. And um, he, he does, he doesn't go for four year terms. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Jesus, Jesus doesn't go with, uh, with approval ratings up and down. Yes. He is who he is. I love what you said in last week's podcast was, um, are you a compassionate listener or a defender of the truth? You know, like, or I think it was like, yeah, kind of like, that's all you seek is just to defend the truth. Defensive truth giver. Yes. Yes. That's what it is. Defensive truth giver. And you're like, Jesus didn't have to be defensive. He was the truth. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, and it just, it's, that just stuck out to me of just like, it's so true. Like he was such a compassionate listener because he was full of truth and he was the yeah. truth. He didn't have to defend anything. His life mm-hmm. was the truth. And in the same aspect, we are called in that same way to be compassionate listeners. Cause 
as Christ followers with his Holy Spirit, like we carry the truth, you know, of, of his gospel with us. And the Holy Spirit does the truth telling. <laughs> the Holy Spirit right. convicts the world of their sin. And, and um, yeah, we're, we're called to be compassionate listeners. I like what you said because, you know, I think in America, part of our lifestyle is to add things to our life. Mm-hmm. Like we, we believe that who we are as a person is the most important thing. And then we, we add things to our life, whatever it might be, a new technology, a new idea from college, uh, who we are in the workplace. And so we add these things to our life. And then we come to understand who Jesus is. And, some, and sometimes we think, oh, I can just add him to my life. Mm-hmm. And Jesus isn't an add-on. He's a reboot. Mm-hmm. Not something you, he's not an app you download. And he's, he's one, one in the list. He's a new OS. He's an entirely new operating system that you have to get used to working and operating in. Mm-hmm. Romans 12 says it like this, right? Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you'll know God's good, pleasing, and perfect will for your life. Mm-hmm. So this is, a, this is an, enti- an entirely new way of living. And our priorities help us understand that. And I think we've, we've seen that being challenged. And I, I would say I've noticed that switch in our culture probably the past five years, a massive switch to, to priorities, and, and especially in the Christian world and in the Christian realm that we kind of operate in. I've noticed that over the past five years, that struggle and that challenge for every believer to say, no, Jesus is not an app. He's a new OS. He, I've completely downloaded him in, in my life, and he has, he has control of everything now. In the background, in the foundation of my life, just like an mm-hmm. OS, Computer, that's what it is. It's right. It's in the background, but it's the foundation of everything. That's what Jesus is. Mm-hmm. He's not something I just added to my life that occasionally I open up and it's a cool game that I play or a cool thing that I use to take a picture now and then. No, Jesus is completely mm-hmm. in the infrastructure of who I am, how I think, how I act, even what I eat, what I read, what I watch, what I listen to. Mm-hmm. It all gets changed as a result of saying, Jesus is my Savior and my Lord. And I recognize that uh, my life's not my own anymore. I'm now part of the family of God. And I find my identity in being a part of the family of God, but also being uh, saved by my Savior. And now I recognize my true identity and my true purpose for being on the planet is to recognize that my Heavenly Father created me and that I'm his, and that the best way for me to live is according to his word and according to his plans and purposes for me. Mm-hmm. Tough to do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So kind of within this, this conversation too, um, one of the things that I think I have I always question and just talk through, people ask me questions, is what is our role in... Um, I guess politics, not mm-hmm. saying like, what, like, do we have to run for office or whatever? Like, that's not the conversation, but um, as, as Christians, like how, how involved 
within the conversations and should we be, or is there a limit? Is there a, is it a cut and paste type of thing? Uh, I think like what we were just talking about in general, it's all about prioritizing, right? It's all about prioritizing Jesus first and all that we do. Um, but when somebody brings up politics, we just say, Oh, no, 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 no. I can't. Nope. Not talking about it. You know, that, yeah. like, like what's kind of our like role as people who are living in this world, living in America, like there, that's, that's the culture. I mean, there's so much stuff happening. Uh, we can't just be ostriches and put our heads in the sand. Um, but like, how do we, how do we just function, you know, within, within what's happening? Yeah. I think there's a lot of ways to think about this. Um, first of all, I'd like to say, and I think I said this in a message a couple of weeks ago, that we often say, you know, what are the two things we shouldn't talk about, right? Religion mm-hmm. And they're probably the two things we need to talk about more often because mm-hmm. it's so important. And so um, we obviously need to talk about religion because it affects our eternity and where our soul is going to spend eternity. And we need to talk about politics because it's how we operate within a structure to live our lives today here on earth. And oftentimes the governmental structure that we operate in or that we choose to um, make rules and laws for make things more difficult. And that's just life, you know, and it also depends on where you live. Like mm-hmm. if, if you live, if we were doing this podcast right now in North Korea, uh, we wouldn't have any say in government. So that would challenge right we would we would in a in a kind of a way we would know what our role in in politics is it is to stay out of it (laughs) right yeah so yeah so it kind of depends on where you live now in america man we've got this great opportunity right we can Mm -hmm. be involved in politics um in a way that allows us to and i think it's somewhat important because the policies affect how we live today and the policies that politicians make affect the world around us. And so I think in some ways that is important and important to discuss at what degree we are involved in politics is the challenge because the word doesn't give us any direction for that. Uh, The word doesn't give us direction about how much time or how much resources we should spend in the political realm. It gives us most of our direction about how much time we should spend in the spiritual realm and in taking the gospel of Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth. Therein lies the challenge, I think. I think the New Testament is very clear that we should spend the priority of our time taking the gospel of Jesus Christ and using all of our resources and abilities to take the gospel of Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth, because it's the most important. It's number one. If, if when someone dies on, on the earth, no matter where they are, what planet or what nation they live in, they immediately enter their eternity. And so eternity becomes the most important thing. But it doesn't really matter what nation I died in or what nation I came from. At that point, eternity takes over, and you realize the most important thing in the world was that I I had to come to know Jesus as my Savior. That 
should affect what becomes our number one priority while we're here on earth. The challenge then becomes, should I spend most of my time in politics or spend most of my time in the gospel of Jesus Christ? Therein lies the challenge. Because you could say, uh, well, I'm trying to take the gospel to the politicians because they need to get saved. Well, that would be absolutely true. And somebody needs to do that. And <laughs> that, that might be... Yes, well, amen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just like everyone needs to be saved, right? Like, um, like somebody needs to do that. Somebody needs to be sharing Jesus with them. And somebody needs to be inserting, because we have the privilege to in America, inserting the righteous things in God's word into our politics and into our government so that we can treat one another with love and acceptance and kindness and grace. If we look at God's word and you don't misinterpret it and you don't misread it and you don't malign it or manipulate it, then you will find that actually God's word is the best way to live on this planet. Mm -hmm. And so um, if we could insert more of God's word into our politics, we would treat one another with, with um, better social skills. But I think it's back to priorities again. And, and I think that's where the challenge lies. I wouldn't fault someone for um, being in politics and trying to take that to a higher level, a more godly level. That's important. I think it's also important for us to have representation as believers and as Christians in our politics um, so that our way of life is not hindered and destroyed. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we see that happening more and more in the American way of life and in American government. The ideas that we believe as Christians are being snuffed out in many ways, it seems like, mm -hmm. and somebody needs to represent that. And so I think that's good for us to do that. Um, I think the challenge would be if I spend all of my life in politics, um, but I never did anything with the gospel of Jesus Christ, did I, did I get up, did I get my priorities right? And I think that would be, that would be the challenge. And um, moving forward for us as a nation, I think that's important too, because we'll have to see, what things things moving forward, how that helps. I think being involved in city government too is very helpful. You know, a lot of what we do in the individual city that you live in, being involved in city government helps a lot and helps um, helps us as a city move forward in in righteous ways. And so I think that's good too. So it's a bit of a toss up. So uh, one thing we do, yeah. scripture is very clear in several places in Romans and First Timothy and First Peter that we're called to submit to the authorities above us. So that's really the only direction we have is to submit to the authorities above us. But other than that, we don't have a lot of, a lot of um, biblical direction. And so we have to seek the Holy Spirit and let him lead us. Yeah. Yeah. So I was thinking too, um, this is even coming from Kate's message on Sunday about spiritual friendships, just having that as a, as a spiritual discipline of having accountability is it's so good to have people that, um, you can process things 
with the truth of scripture with yes people that they'll say the truth and i think sometimes we we go to spaces that might be an echo chamber that want to disagree with everything that we say but the best spiritual friendships are ones that'll say ah can i challenge you on that and people that you trust that can bring some good biblical like maybe push back against something and i think you probably have had this happen to you in the last little bit. I have people have sent yep. me videos, text messages like, Hey, did you see this? Like the world's going to end. This was last week. You know, like we're supposed to prepare for martial law and all this stuff and, you know, gas up <laughs> and, you know, store all these <laughs> things. And, and, and the person was just like, like, what are your thoughts? Like, cause they're kind of like, I don't know. And so we were able to just talk through it and process it with some scripture and, and just balance it towards our our truth in Jesus and our hope in Jesus and be like, Hmm, I don't think this is lining with scripture much. You know, this is kind of playing on some fear of just the human, you know, emotion that is leading down some weird roads. There's a whole bunch of other things that was just like, that's not true. That's not true. That's not going to even happen. It's just not, you know, just there's some actual like facts that also went against what was being said. But, um, but I think having that spiritual discipline of having some spiritual friendships, ones that are gospel centered, ones that are going to give them some pushback if you, if, if it needs to happen is so beneficial because that allows transformation that allows, I think just for the truth of scripture to always be a part of how you're processing things. Um, without that, we can get in those weird, I mean, we can go down a bunch of different bunny trails, but yeah, your 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 Google yeah your your Google searches, your social media threads, algorithms are in place where what you start liking, what you start searching, those start popping up in your immediate feeds because they're thinking you want to see this. So you start to almost put yourself in your own little echo chamber just in what you're seeing on your social media or when you go on your Google search, your news feed. It's creepy, right? Yes. How much yeah. that's involved. And so to have mm-hmm. other people that are biblically centered, gospel centered people to just be like, ah, I don't, I don't think that's true. <laughs> you know, just to give some pushback yeah. is mm-hmm. needed because you could go down some really deep, dark kind of things and just get yourself convinced uh, yeah. from what man is doing, not from what God is doing, but convinced on a, I'll just say a conspiracy of men. Um, right. That's, that's then driving you forward in your life rather than what the gospel is driving you forward in your life and the focus that Christ has in our life. And, and I think that's always a, a, a scary thing that can happen that we've seen where people can go down those roads where you're just like, Oh my goodness. Like they're kind of, they're going one way. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't know if that's helpful, you know? And um, so I think having just those good relationships that'll maybe challenge you a little bit too kind of helps Yeah. because we're going to be involved in politics and political discussions. Like you said, it's good to talk about religion, talk about politics. It's what we're living in. Um, but it's also maybe a good thought to ask yourself, like, what is pastoring right like me right now? Is it the particular news outlet that I'm watching or this person that I'm listening to? Are they the one that's the loudest voice, you know, in my life? Um, and if we don't stop and like process and think through that, like, huh, like, yeah, maybe this news outlet is my pastor right now. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, we seem to just, I think always be reflective and evaluate, be self-aware 
of what we're doing because yeah, we can, we can lead ourselves into some weird areas mm-hmm. and technology is so good at hooking oh, you in, man. And yes, it is. Yeah. It's, it's creepy. Yeah. Well, and I, I like what you said too, because I've done that before too. I've mm-hmm. watched a video or, you know, watched an advertisement or a diet market or something and gone gung ho with the thing and just gotten sucked in and was disappointed. Mm -hmm. And because I wasn't putting my trust in the Lord. And and I think, you know, something that I've learned, I'm 47 now. And um, something that I've learned, God doesn't do anything quickly. Mm. (laughs) And so all the whenever I see something that is talking about doing something fast, or um, I gotta have this right now, or something's gonna change the entire world today, this afternoon, or tomorrow. I normally go, uh, probably not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, um, I want to just kind of talk through one more question. We're right about 32 minutes or so, so far Great. in this conversation. Um, and that's kind of like in this, in this concept to like, there might be a, a large group of people that feel mistreated from this past political um, circumstance, um, yeah. you know, and just because, I mean, we live in America, it's pretty divided Republican Democrat. One person's yeah. going to win. So one side is going to just feel mistreated. If you go back four years ago, one side was like, this is the worst thing ever. Now one side is saying it's the worst thing ever. Like it's just a teeter totter back and forth. And so no matter what people are going to feel mistreated, misheard, let's say whatever it is. Um, so what's kind of our role as Christians in processing this? And I, we, we can go down a little bit, but you know, there's been obviously in our news, just all this conversation about um, elections and maybe not true elections or this or that. And there's so much rhetoric out there that you could search anything and probably find a backup for one of your, like one thought, right? Like all those things. But I think regardless, it all comes down to a lot of people might feel mistreated or might feel misheard or not heard or like what they did didn't matter in their voting or whatever and stuff. So what, what is some like biblical direction that we should take when we're feeling this? And so what we saw last week was maybe a showing of political force or actual like physical force. Like we're just going to take over like the Capitol because we were mistreated, you know? Um, and so we saw that last week. Yeah. I don't think anybody is like, oh, that was the best idea in the world. <laughs> I mean, there's probably a small yeah, percentage. Sure. Not you know, a I think, good idea. I think, yeah. I think most people are like, that was not good, not great, yeah. all that stuff. But but just how, how do we process, I guess, feeling like justice wasn't served? Yeah. Oh, well, gosh, I think that's we have all felt that the past year. We have all felt in one way or another in the past year that there are circumstances in life where we didn't get a fair shake. And I think we've seen that play itself out in numerous ways. Um, we're, we're still in the middle of trying to process social injustice. Mm-hmm. Sure racial injustice, 
You know, how, how are we processing that? We're still processing that one from the summer. And I don't even think we've answered the question yet, right? Mm-hmm. Of, of uh, a group of people in our country um, who feel like justice is not being served well by the authority above them. And now there's others that feel like an election was not done well and not done right. And I think that some of it might be based in fact, and some of it might be based in conjecture uh, on both sides. And so the challenge is um, what's true and what's not. And I think oftentimes in the way things are, in the way we do life in America, we often never get to the truth. Mm. And that's unfortunate. But I think it it comes back to, again, what, who's number one? I, I thought about, you know, what's the biblical approach to that? I think Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he'll make your path straight. And I think that phrase, lean not on your own understanding, that's kind of where each of us are living right now. Here's what I think. And social media has turned that into stereotypes. And then I, I start talking about that on social media and every algorithm begins to connect me with people that think the same way I do. And before we know it, we're all storming the White House or we're all marching downtown, breaking into stores, whatever it might be. It just gets out of control. It gets out of hand. It gets crazy. And it's because we're leaning on our own understanding instead of putting God first. Mm-hmm. And saying, Lord, I think, I think we need to stop for a minute. Maybe we need to pray for a week. And maybe we need to just discuss this in rational adult ways that allows us to hear both sides of something. And so I think that's a challenge that we're, I don't think we're very good at doing that in our culture anymore. Um, I remember being younger. Um, and never remember anything like this. When, when, when one side of a political party won, the other side didn't turn into crybabies about it. And now that's just kind of where we're at. Whoever, whoever loses um, just turns into an uproar. Maybe that's because we also live in a generation where we all got a ribbon that said we all we're all winners, mm-hmm. and we're, we've raised a couple generations now, even in sports, where there's not a winner and a loser. There's you're all winners. So then when <laughs> when somebody loses, we're all like, no, it can't be that way. Mm-hmm. We all have to be winners. And maybe there's some just a lot of things happening that that aren't good like that. And but I think back to how do we approach that as believers i think it comes back to that idea that um all all my eggs are not in my political basket Mm -hmm. all my eggs are in the basket 
that the Holy Spirit has for me and where he's and what Jesus has done for me as my savior. As a result of that, uh, I'm making my decisions and I'm trying my best not to overreact or respond in crazy ways because I also know Jesus is in control. Ultimately, I've read the end of the Bible and it says we win. The end of the Bible says Jesus is in control, that he is the beginning and the end. And so I think that one of the things that helps with that is what I put my hope in. And I put my hope in Jesus Christ. That means I know everything will work out. In the end, everything will work out right. If I put my hope in things that are earthly, I will always be disappointed because there will be a loser. If I put my hope in, in philosophies that are made up by men, at some point I will be disappointed because the philosophies of men are often rooted in foolishness, not in wisdom. And they're often short-sighted, not long-term thinking. And so I have to remember that I have to put my hope in Christ. Mm -hmm. And when I do, I'm not disappointed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And something I'm reminded of too is the, the, the way of Jesus that he models is looks to our culture as weak, right? You know, where he looks like he's a pretty weak person. I mean, in the culture's eyes, he loses, right? He gets beat up. He gets spit on. We don't want, we don't want that in America. Like we want to be the, the victorious ones. Right. Right. But like, but like you're saying, it's such a good reminder. And like what you shared on Sunday at a revelation, like we know the end, like Jesus comes back. He is not weak when he comes back. No. He is freaking, <laughs> he just destroys and his wrath and perfect judgment is released and, unleashed, yes. you know, and he's not a weak individual by any means um, because he has the perfect justice. And like it says in Romans 12, like, we got to leave room for God's justice to be right. out because it's vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Like, yeah. He's the one who writes every wrong. And um, even though Jesus will say, hey, you know, turn the other cheek. If a soldier asks you to, you know, give him your shirt, you give him your coat or whatever, and, or take his armor an extra mile. Like, yeah. you know, the, the way of Jesus seems weak, but it's in the end, the most powerful thing that we could do in yep. a sense you know and that's the hard and i think like you said god doesn't work in real quick ways a lot of times <laughs> we, want, yes. we want immediate justice we want this to be immediately happening you know but god's justice is perfect and sometimes that perfection takes longer than what we would hope it would be but in the end it's always perfect and it always yeah exactly what needs to happen but I, I think another thing that helps too that you just reminded me of is i'm not the judge God. Yeah, it's not my responsibility to judge everything on this planet. And when I've surrendered that to him, and when I've surrendered that, and I've laid that down, and I said, okay, I'm not the judge, and I'm not the know it all. Mm -hmm. Something doesn't go my way. I can say, that's all right. Mm -hmm. God's gonna take care of that in the end. Mm -hmm. Judge that in the end. I don't have to be my responsibility is to forgive and to love. 
and to accept. That's clear in scripture. And I'm not the judge. I'm not the one that has to fix every single thing in the end. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, in a way, that might sound weak, but actually that gives me perfect freedom. Mm -hmm. Mentally, spiritually, physically, I have total freedom because I don't get wrapped up in that um that I have to judge the world and that everybody in the world has to know uh or live the way I want them to. Mm-hmm. What's right? I know Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. And I've recognized that and I've understood that. But there will be people that won't. Yeah. And there and we will have to live in a world that doesn't understand that. Mm-hmm. But not forever. Yeah. Amen. Amen. It's good stuff. Well, we're in and right around 43 minutes. So I think we're, I think we're good for, for we're this good. one. And yep. Yeah. And I think we'll, we'll probably hit some more conversations like these within our culture. I mean, we're, we're releasing this podcast on inauguration day. <laughs> yeah. So who knows, right? I, I mean, God willing, nothing crazy happens. I'm really praying for that. Um, but you know, who knows? So we'll, I'm sure we're gonna have more cultural moment talks, like Absolutely. but I think, I think our plan moving forward is we want to talk a little bit more about the Bible and just yeah. how this is some, something that we can trust and that we can truly just, it is the, it is God's word. And there's always questions of like, well, wasn't it put together by men? And it's kind of, you know, there's always these kind of, I guess, hits towards God's word. Like it's not perfect. It's this man-made thing to just control people. So we're going to talk about God's word because it's one of our spiritual disciplines we talked about first that you got to be in God's word to be transformed through this living and breathing, you know, document that's sharper than a two-edged sword. And and so I think um, we're going to have some conversation on that too and just talk a little bit, I guess some, I guess some apologetics almost in a sense about yeah, God's great. word and um, how it's infallible and how we can trust it and why we should trust it and why it should be leading our life and stuff. And so we'll do that. Then we'll talk about some other spiritual disciplines that we've been talking about on Sunday, just a little bit more um, on that. And then um, we'll kind of go from there and who knows again, what our world will be like in a couple of weeks, but We'll be talking about that. So yeah, that's kind of the uh, outlook. Um, if you are listening to this and, or you go to our church or you don't go to our church, we have questions, um, email questions to me. So it's cooper at cheneyfacecenter.org. Um, we'd love to just even talk on random questions that maybe you have about faith, spirituality, whatever it is. Um, so email those questions if, if you have any, we'd love to bring them into the podcast as well. So yeah, well that that's, that's, that's today. That's our episode time. So it's good stuff. Well, Mark, you enjoy your time away and being with the Lord and praying and stuff. So yeah, I will. And, and hopefully when you, when you reconnect to society, um, there won't be any craziness <laughs> that you'll see. I hope so. I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah. So um, cool. Cool. All right. And uh, quickly, who are your picks? for this weekend in the NFC and AFC championship games? Yeah, I think, um, I think NFC, I, I got to go with the Packers. I think Aaron's rolling mm-hmm. and um, they seem to be rocking and rolling. All, I think it'll be a great game. Tom Brady always seems, he amazes me that he can somehow pull out wins that nobody else could do. And then AFC, um, I'm going to blank here, but uh, 
It's the Bills and the Chiefs. Bills and the Chiefs, yeah. I'm going to say the Bills because I don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to be playing. Yeah, yeah. He'll be in concussion protocol, and he will. He should not be playing. Um, and so I think that will that'll hurt the Chiefs a lot. So I'm going to say the Bills. So you, you don't you don't think Chad Henney is going to pull it out? For the, I the do Chiefs? not. <laughs> Chad Henney was not able to pull anything else out, so I'm <laughs> that he will not be able to pull this one out. And uh, what that will be kind of interesting to see the Bills in the Super Bowl again because back when I was a kid, you know, they had that run of four, and they yeah, it'll be kind of cool to see them. Uh, see what they're doing and we'll get a uh you know the young guy and the old guy in the super bowl that'll be interesting yeah yeah jeff jared allen or no jeff allen josh yeah josh jared josh jeff yep john jacob you had the j right yeah yeah (laughs) yeah cool all right well we are signing off so thanks for joining and um again we'll see you next week for the midweek